1: Hello, and welcome to the No More Late Peace podcast. I'm Jackie. And I'm Danielle. And we're just
0: two best friends and ex-blockbuster employees re-watching some of our favorite movies
1: from the late 90s and early 2000s. And today's episode is dedicated to the fact that 420 is upon us. So we figured we would go ahead and do today's episode on the Ganja Classic half baked released in 1998 stars an up and coming dave chappelle jim brewer guillermo diaz and harlan williams as four childhood friends that have this bonding experience of smoking weed for the first time together then it goes into present day when they all live together just live in their 420 fantasy their their highest life they're living (laughs) life to the highest Exactly. (laughs) Kenny gets into some legal troubles, and so they have to figure out a way to get Kenny out of prison
0: before somebody takes him as their bitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The simplest solution is to uh, sell some drugs.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Before we get started, let's get into our ratings rewind. Here's how it goes. Before we get into any movie, we'll reveal the rating of our Y2K versions of ourselves what they would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale will consist of would buy it, would buy it again.
1: The best would watch on repeat.
0: Five-day rental. Would watch again. Two-day rental. Okay,
1: but nothing to write home about.
0: And same-day rental.
1: Trash. Throw it in the garbage.
0: Next, please. Okay, so what did Y2K Jackie think of Half-Baked?
1: Y2K Jackie loved Half-Baked, watched it quite a bit and owned it. So it would be would buy or would buy it again. I don't I don't know why, but I really loved this movie in the late 90s.
0: For me, anything with Dave Chappelle at the time was definitely a five-day rental or higher. For this particular movie... I gave it a five day rental rating. I don't own this movie, but Jackie, just like a little tip, Jackie and I loved Dave Chappelle so much in high school. And yeah, this was before everybody jumped on the bandwagon and this Chappelle show came out. Like we were hardcore, watched the stand up, listened to it on CD going to school. <sighs> we
1: loved Dave Chappelle. Killing Me Softly is one of the best. <laughs> comedy cds of all time i just it's so quotable and yeah. it, we listened to it a whole hell of a lot we were we were huge dave Chappelle fans from day one
0: yeah day one fans tell us about this episode what we'll we be discussing
1: so we'll go through we'll go through the plot, some of the key scenes, some of the really quotable scenes that are in this movie, and there are a lot. Some fun facts about production and things like that, and it, it's just a fun movie to do. It's it's nothing really super in depth. It's a very surface movie, but it it was fun rewatching it.
0: Well, I mean. When, obviously, when you jump into the movie, like Jackie said, it starts off with four kids. They're, uh, you know, we've seen the scene before. They're sneaking something. This scenario, it's weed. They smoke for the first time. They think they're not high. (laughs) Then they go, of course, get some snacks for munchies. And then from there, you kind of fast forward to them doing the same exact thing. They have not really changed. They're all living together. And they're pretty much work. Not to live, but to get high so that they can buy their weed. It's, yeah, like Jackie said, pretty surface. When they, they talk about where they get their weed from. And I like to think that that part of the movie, when Dave Chappelle is kind of introducing you to where you could kind of all these different factions of where you can get your weed. It's it reminds me of a teen movie where you kind of go into the cafeteria scene and you're seeing all the clicks. So he yes. goes through he goes through all of the different people that you interact with to get weed. He does that later in the movie as well when he's talking about the different types of people who get high, which I think is really funny. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> um so the reason. Why I knew what a bodega was when I visited visited you in New York circa 2005 was because of this movie. It wasn't quite as he explained it, but pretty, pretty in the ballpark. I I love
0: that scene because it is very real. And for those of you who don't know what a bodega is, it's you know, it's like what you sometimes you call it corner store, you call it bodega. It's literally a store. It's not quite a supermarket, but it has every fucking thing you could think of to kind of get you by.
1: It's like a mom and pop convenience store.
0: Yeah. I used to love going there to to get sandwiches, of course, especially in the morning, egg and cheese and bacon on a bagel I use the word bagel lightly because I don't know what (laughs) roles we were getting but I would just find them interesting because they were some of them were kept nice but a lot of times it's like they hadn't tried to clean that shit up in a long time they're dusty there's a cat there's always a cat (laughs) walking around always so it definitely was an exaggeration you could tell that the fifth character or one of the fifth main characters of this movie is definitely New York de was really speaking to his environment at the time for sure
1: yeah so we go in they say the best place to get weed is from this dude named Samson and so (laughs) they have a courier bring them weed one of Samson's cronies they have this whole the shelf is huge it is wall to ceiling bongs and pipes (laughs) and Jim Brewer's character insists on getting Billy Bong Thornton for this occasion (laughs) So they all sit around and it looks like a giant hookah is essentially what it is. They all get high and then it is Kenny, Harlan Williams character. It is his turn to buy the munchies. munchies. Jim Brewer goes on this like laundry list of things he needs, Hog and bars, and don't forget the funions. <laughs>
0: I love the name of the bongs in this movie. One of my favorites is Wesley Pipes. I, I, <laughs> mean, I feel like I, if I got a think, bong, that's what I'd name it.
1: I think I was somewhat inspired by their choice of naming their bongs and Pipes. I have two fiddle leaf figs, and one's name is Figgy Smalls, <laughs> and the other's name is Fiddle Kim. Oh my god. <laughs> So I I feel like I got that inspiration from this movie.
0: I feel like there are gonna be movies that we rewatch that are just not as enjoyable as if we watch them together. Because when I watched the movie, I was just like, why didn't I like this movie? But I felt like it was just something we watched and we just knew the parts that we would laugh at. Serena was watching, Serena's my sister and our producer. We were (laughs) watching it and she was like, I think we have to be high. (laughs) to watch this (laughs) and I was like yeah probably we'd
1: probably but But
0: we never were no we never were we're just nerds nerd we were (laughs) high
1: on nerding. (laughs) we were high on Chappelle (laughs) (laughs) we did not we were
0: late bloomers with the whole smoking weed thing and we I do have my marijuana card currently it's medicinal And I'm not just saying that because, you know, it is medicinal, uh, but I don't use it as much. I I don't really use my medicine, but... Uh, yeah. Well,
1: I mean, I never jumped on that bandwagon. No. Straight I'm straight <laughs> edge for life, man. Don't touch that stuff. <laughs> the DARE program really worked out for you. They it really got you. Did. They got
0: you. I'm um, a
1: life member of the Dare program. <laughs> well, the way that I have it really
0: is for nausea or to like help me sleep with my anxiety, but there's only been a very few times that I've actually gotten like really you know, high. Um, Usually I get paranoid. So I'm not really a good high person. For example, one of the times that I have gotten high, I thought that my dad was going to smell it for sure. So I took dryer sheets and kept on putting them in my hair. I thought that was going to help. I just
1: imagine Greg walking into the room and you fashion like bows out of the jar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't home. I was at David Bean's house. And dad didn't like David Bean. So he came to pick me up and I was like, wait, what (laughs) you're coming. You're coming to get me. So definitely had to use dryer sheets. I think the second time that I got really, really high, I tried to chase a ice cream truck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Please elaborate. I, I don't know
0: what was in this stuff. This was some real cush. Okay. Like real shit. And I stared at a wall, I want to say for almost an hour. It was insane. And there was an ice cream truck. I was in New York, so of course we had ice cream trucks, and I went to go chase it because I really the munchies hit, it aligned just perfect with the ice cream truck coming. And I had to go catch it. So and the ice
1: cream ice cream truck to you is what funyuns were for Jim Brewer's character. Pretty much.
0: I had to, I had to get the ice cream. And then the third time was with a a wonderful woman who I love very much. I won't name her. No, I'm not putting her name out in the government, her government out in these streets. We smoked her stuff and it was amazing. And I think I fell asleep on your couch. So that's it.
1: (laughs) You know who you are. I love you. Bye. (laughs) So Kenny is in charge of the Munchie Run. He goes to a bodega, it seems like. Picks up all the snackies. Doesn't forget the Funyuns. And, and he then he walks jobs. out. <laughs> Why? He, he walks outside and there's a horsey. I mean, there <laughs> it's, it's an active duty police officer and it, it's Mount Patrol. So there is a horse there. I guess the police officer is getting a snack and is nowhere to be found. And Kenny just thinks this horse looks hungry. I'm going to be its friend and I'm going to feed it. So he literally feeds it all of the food he bought. his friends and then the horse keels over cop runs out and exclaims buttercup was a diabetic you killed him
0: (laughs) first of all one anybody who's been around a horse in new york knows how much they smell in, in that situation you're not attracted to go try to pet these horses out in new york city secondly he definitely had to have been high to let it eat all its food and not run when the popo came up. Talk about the horse killed over. (laughs) Thirdly, Buttercup was not a diabetic. Buttercup was a horse and could not eat any of those foods. I can't see a horse eating pizza ever. Like, I don't even think they're attracted to that kind of thing. So weird. So weird. But I don't know.
1: I don't have enough horse knowledge to (laughs) confirm or deny that they'll eat
0: Popcorn. tweet us if you are a horse fan and you know about the horse life tell us if a horse would eat any of those things funyuns pizza candy because it doesn't seem realistic to me
1: pink popcorn <laughs> musings of high people we'll continue. kenny essentially kills a cop wait because <laughs> Cup, that's what he says the police officer says you just killed an officer of the law you go to prison now okay all right, continue. <laughs> sorry, that's what he says, Daniel. <laughs> Poor Kenny gets carted off to the to the clink. <laughs> His friends don't notice for quite a while that he has not returned. They're not concerned until the next day, and then we kind of forget about Kenny for a while, and we're back at the frankincense and burr. Research facility where Dave Chappelle's character Thurgood Jenkins works as a janitor, or as he likes to describe himself, master of the yeah, custodial custodian arts. arts. <laughs> so he's he's cleaning, doing his janitorial duties, and just the way this scene plays out, where it's the scientist walks up to him and he's like, "Hey, janitor," and Dave Chappelle replies. Hey, scientist, <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> it's so perfect. random, And it, but it just, it, it's, I don't know. I just really love the t- comedic timing that it took. And it was such a simple gag, but it still makes me chuckle. For some reason, the scientist says, I need you to go run this errand for me. <laughs> to which Dave Chappelle replies, sure hold this and hands him a mop. (laughs) (laughs) And so he goes down to this, I guess, where you would get certain drugs or chemicals that you're working with in the research lab. And it turns out to be not just like an ounce or two, but a brick of weed. And the whole way down as Dave Chappelle's walking the hall to get retrieved this thing for the scientist. He's like sniffing the air like a bloodhound dog. And is just like, ooh, what's that? Ooh, ah, ooh, what's that? And then he is so excited. And so he returns the brick of weed to the scientist. And the scientist thanks him by giving him a handful and another just pure genius. It's a visual gag. There's no verbal exchange. As the scientist is continuing to talk to Dave Chappelle, he's just taking more and more weed out of my bag and shoving it in his pocket.
0: What I love in that scene, well, what I love about Chappelle in this movie, it is very surface, but there are moments where he will weave in real things. Yes. I don't think it's an accident that his character's name is Thurgood. I think that is definitely some sort of nod to Thurgood Marshall. And when he's talking to the scientist, and I'm not sure if it's in this scene or when he's trying to... (laughs) Get more weed later on. He says, my grandfather was in the Tuskegee experiment. And anybody else who's like watching it and probably not paying attention or doesn't even know what the Tuskegee experiment is, would have just like completely had that as a throwaway line. But I thought that was really cool because- I know what that is. And well,
1: and it it was a fact. Yeah. His grandfather in real life was part of the Tuskegee experiment, which was thousands of African American men were purposefully inflicted with syphilis to see what the side effects were and so that they could try all drugs on them.
0: And it wasn't even just the trial of the drugs or the fact that they did this without you know real consent. They did horrific things to the tenth. Agree that it was horrible, but they also wanted to watch these people suffer. They wanted mm-hmm. to watch these, these men suffer because the whole thought process was that Black people innately didn't have a sense of pain. But I digress. I mean, if you really want to learn more about it, you should look it up. It's not only a part of African-American history, but it's definitely a part of American history. And it feeds into you know, really why so many people are having issues with the vaccine now. So I think it's a great opportunity to educate yourself.
1: And now back to getting high. (laughs) (laughs) Dave Chappelle's character realizes, hey, there's a stockpile of weed where I work. And so that kind of comes back into play later. Cut to Kenny in jail. I, as a naive 16 year old, Did not, there was a lot going on in the jail scenes. Did not realize that the squirrel master was Tommy Chong. Really? <laughs> yeah, no clue. Oh my God. I think because I never watched any of the Cheech and Chong movies. I still didn't recognize him, Danielle. And I've watched that 70s show. I don't know why I didn't recognize him. I don't know why either. Even Serena was
0: like, oh, isn't that Chong? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> It is. I was proud of you. Um,
1: so he keeps saying, this is really fascinating. I, I think ke- I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. When he talks about being a fish. Yes. You are a man and not a fish. Yeah. Okay. I know, which they're kind of taking it back now. FYI, be woke. We're not using the term fish anymore to describe. Uh, I know it as a beautiful, looks like a woman drag queen. That's how I know the term fish or fishy. They don't want to use that anymore because it is derogatory towards women and kind of where they got that term from. We're not using the term fishy anymore, but I knew what he was talking about because (laughs) I watch a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race. I I just feel like there are so
0: many just homophobic things in this movie. I'm not gonna lie, it, it, there are some things now watching it that do not. Stand it doesn't up. sit well. No. Yeah,
1: it it does not sit well. The whole soap on a rope. Yep. Scene, and then he drops the soap, and everyone's panicking. But don't worry, squirrel master to the rescue.
0: Right. But I was very concerned about that relationship in general. Squirrel Master was fighting and called, call, what's the guy's name? Called him his bitch. That Nasty Nate. Nasty Nate was his bitch. And so I was just like, wait, why did he, was this the, out of the goodness of his heart? It, yeah, because it, it just, doesn't,
1: it didn't seem like there was any formal exchange of, okay, you protect me and you can have your way with me every once in a while. Like there was not." <laughs> It didn't seem like it was a symbiotic relationship. It just seemed like Squirrel Master was taking pity on this young Kenny and the fact that Kenny's butthole was in constant jeopardy. (laughs) Jesus. Oh, man. Oh, and the other thing I really love about Nasty Nate, which I quote to this day and no one ever knows what I'm talking about, but the like cocktail fruit is... (laughs) I don't know why it resonates with me so much, but just throwing it into a random conversation, they just think I'm having an episode where I'm just yelling random words.
0: <laughs> is this the time that when the guys come and visit, that where they run into Mary Jane for the first time?
1: Yes. So they figure out that Kenny is in jail. They go to visit him and Dave Chappelle's character runs into Rachel True's character, Rachel True from The Craft. And half and half for all of you UPN lovers out there. And she is visiting her dad who has been in jail for four years on a drug charge. And so they meet, they exchange numbers and start... And then on their first date, they go to an ice cream parlor and they're sitting there eating what looks like a lovely (laughs) Sunday. And she starts telling him how the drug my dad was selling was marijuana and Dave Chevelle's freaking out. And then she's like, you don't do that right. It's a gateway drug. Everyone knows that it leads to harder drugs. Absolutely no drugs. She's straight edge like Jackie is. (laughs) no tolerance for the bullshit. And then she's like, promise me you don't smoke marijuana, swear on it. And then takes his hand and slams it into that beautiful ice cream sundae. And I just wrote, she ruined that ice cream. Yeah, that was super
0: weird. I didn't know if it was like some sort of visualization of like, consummating things the i don't want yeah. to get graphic, so i wasn't sure if that's what i that got was. that booty <laughs> yeah <laughs> my sister slash our producer serena when she was watching it she was just like she's way out of his league way yeah out of his league way out of his yeah. league yeah 100
1: and he's when he's wearing those just boxers he is so so scrawny Not that we are uh, body shaming anybody. No, (laughs) (laughs) I think because the boxers were like swimming on him. Yeah, they. He needed some more, but I guess it was he didn't really have a wardrobe budget because he spent all his money on Wayne. But I was like, if they had bought more or put him in more form-fitting clothing, he wouldn't look just so tiny. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: I think he hadn't figured out his his style just just yet. Yeah, definitely, she was out of his league. Definitely, this was a movie before Dave Chappelle got real money to put into himself. This is not the Dave Chappelle of now, the smoker's raspy voice. Diesel, I've been working out. This is
1: yeah,
0: OG Dave Chappelle. Yep, very skinny.
1: So let's get into the different types of smokers that there are. <laughs> I love um, how the
0: cameos in this movie. There are a it, lot.
1: And that they're all well-known marijuana advocates. Yeah.
0: We've got Jon Stewart. I mean, as Mm -hmm. we're going through all the different smokers of what type. So we've already seen Chong, who was in jail, who's the squirrel master. Um, Mm -hmm. We've got Jon Stewart. We have Janine Garofalo. We've got Willie Nelson.
1: I love that they did Snoop as the scavenger smoker.
0: (laughs) When he came up. I was, serena was like of course he's in this movie
1: sat had a whole conversation smoked their entire joint and was like oh i got i got some babies <gasps> sorry about i just i love snoop dogg so much that i mean anytime he's in a movie i'm going to be ridiculously happy who else was in there the guy who could figure out the
0: like macgyver type oh that was billy baldwin yeah, no, yes. no, no, no. It was Stephen Baldwin. Stephen? Was it Stephen? It was yeah. a Baldwin. Yeah, I don't like him. The one whose daughter is married to Bieber.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, I think it it's is Stephen, Stephen Baldwin. Baldwin. He's the less likable Baldwin brother. Just FYI. I
1: feel like Billy is the least likable no. Baldwin brother.
0: I don't think so. I'm not... Didn't- well, maybe no, you know it's
1: Billy. No, which one's the... Stephen's hard- in BioDome?
0: I... One of them, I definitely don't agree with their politics. That's one oh, it of the might
1: things. be it might be Stephen. Yeah. yeah, but
0: that's not the only reason that I don't like him.
1: <laughs> Anywho, and towards the beginning of the movie, rewinding when they're introducing what's the the rapper's name? Sir Smokes a lot. Well,
0: yeah, so S- like Sir Smoke a lot. Yeah, Smokes a lot. Okay, so
1: when at the very at the beginning of the movie, they're watching an MTV esque channel and they're introducing sir smoke a lot's new song and i literally wrote is that tracy morgan yeah was as the vj yep made a cameo (laughs) so there were a lot of a lot of brief cameos the girl that works with jim brewer at the record store and comes with him when he gets fired yeah i was like she looks familiar so i did a little digging that is sarah silverman's sister oh i was like oh she's really funny in this the, the girl from the record store. Yeah, that yeah. comes
0: and is like their Annie Pot. Yeah, I did not know she had a sister. That's interesting. I know she's a brother.
1: I didn't know they had another sister. They have two sisters. One is a rabbi. Huh. So two comedians and a rabbi. Not a joke. <laughs>
0: You know, when I started thinking about the cameos too, I felt like it kind of lined up with probably the stand up crowd at that point in New York. Um, that makes a lot of sense. So, for, for those of you who don't know, Dave Chappelle. Wrote this movie with his writing partner Neil Brennan, who also helped him write for the Chappelle show. They're BFFs. They did have a little bit of a fight or breakup for a little bit when Dave left the Chappelle show, but they're friends again. I had to look it up. I was joking with Jackie because I found a website that said all of Dave Chappelle's friends and foes. I said, "This is great. This is this is what I needed. Thank you." So Neil is on the friend side. So that was interesting. But yeah, he was, they met when Neil was a doorman at a comedy show. And obviously Dave was a comedian. And Neil used to provide some jokes, throw some jokes at Dave to see if he could use any in his shows. And then they just became writing partners and friends. So I, I always thought that was cool that they were able to start and work on this project together before the Chappelle show.
1: And apparently the script that Dave wrote was a lot more adult oriented (laughs) somewhat darker and the studio got their hands on it revamped a lot of stuff and so he has said that he felt like it was a kid's weed movie it was very bright and shiny and happy ending uh, the original ending he ends up jumping off the bridge after the joint he throws in the water yeah he um,
0: breaks it does does Mary Jane die in that version or does he just leave her break up with her I can't remember dark. why how that yeah but it was dark it was yeah definitely darker mm. I, I so, think we should start tweeting and saying we want the Chappelle cut like the Snyder fans did for
1: oh, that would be amazing <laughs> if you agree let's do it Use the hashtag
0: ChappelleCut for half-baked. We'd love to just even see the original script. You know, I doubt they actually started filming, but that would be cool to see.
1: So we get into their bright idea is to start stealing weed from the The lab. (laughs) From the lab. And they start selling as like a courier service. They call themselves Mr. Nice Guy. And they have very professional looking business cards. (laughs) <laughs> uh, with a joint stapled to it to let them sample the wares. I just want to say from a marketing
0: perspective, this shit was genius. Okay. <laughs> I have to get like, besides the fact that they potentially could have gotten arrested, just giving away weed to everybody. It was genius. Yeah. Give a little bit of a sample. You give your card with your number. I mean, I, and it was, I was like impressed.
1: hospital grade, fuck you up weed. Yeah hundred percent so you were gonna tell us the
0: different types of weed smokers we kind of got off of track with that
1: <laughs> oh I didn't write them down all oh, I heard <laughs> down is, the
0: scavenger smoker and when you brought it up I thought you were gonna go break it down I was like oh I'm glad she remembers because I don't remember which no which. okay well that's fine <laughs> there was um, lots of different weed smokers that's okay yes
1: wait I and think- they were all cameos
0: I I don't know the names, but I know the different types. So Jon Stewart was, his character was the type that believed that weed had to be added to make an experience even better. So he believed that everything that could be better with weed then janine garofalo she was one of the types the creative types that felt like she needed weed to be able to reach her creative peak
1: snoop was the scavenger smoker yes willie was the historian so he would tell (laughs) stories of back in the day are we missing anyone Yeah,
0: Stephen Baldwin, he was the MacGyver type. If he could make anything a bong, if he didn't have papers, he'd figure it out. He will take you down the path to get you to be able to get high. So Dave is slowly stealing the weed Mm -hmm. um, to start their business. And he gets
1: an invitation from Sir Smokes-a-Lot.
0: (laughs) It was like this, you know, imagine the Chappelle show. It's one of those characters that he's playing. All Serena and I could think of as we were watching the movie was really the cornrows taped or glued to his oh head my gosh. were so horrific. It was and his they goal, were
1: bad. It was it was bad. The spacing of skin <laughs> in between each cornrow. Oh, that would have been give you a headache for like two months, cornrow shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> It was bad. It was bad.
0: Sir Smokes-A-Lot has this obviously big penthouse pool and whatnot. And of course, as Dave goes to deliver, or I mean, Thurgood goes to deliver the weed, old boy's trying to give him his life story, start start getting some therapy,
1: crying. My favorite part is the hissy fit he throws where he slowly slides out of his seat, kicking his feet. I love that so much <laughs> oh, man. And, it, and the whole time Thurgood's just sitting there like give me the money so I can leave this place. yeah with his like, little I'm backpack done. like he's a little kid
0: <laughs> so you know he's Thurgood's got this whole business going he's still dating Mary Jane hiding the business from her and they start doing really well and then Thurgood comes home and his buds have lost focus of what they're trying to accomplish and they've all bought these different big ticket items killer killer the dog (laughs) killer Um, the
1: rottweiler came with the house only 250 (laughs) dollars yeah there's this horrible looking snoopy
0: you know from peanuts his little dog house it looks like a really bad version of that with i don't know cardboard and then um what is brewer's character he gets another bong right oh no he gets uh, all the
1: remains (laughs) In a little pouch.
0: Oh, God. Ridiculous. They didn't even get cold shit. They got stupid stuff. And so then Dave, I keep calling Dave Thurgood, has to remind them, we're not drug dealers. We're fundraisers. (laughs)
1: Keep it in perspective, man.
0: (laughs) They need to raise this money to get their friend out of jail because his ass is literally on the line. On the line.
1: (laughs) Again... Kenny's butthole is in constant jeopardy. I do have a note here
0: that I had to explain what a pearl necklace was to my sister.
1: And bless her heart.
0: <laughs> and she just said, I fucking hate men. <laughs> if you don't know what a pearl necklace is, I can't tell you. This is a PG. Urban
1: dictionary. De- <laughs> it's As not a we PG talk show. about weed. <laughs> An entire movie about smoking pot. It's a PG show, friends.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Urban
1: Dictionary is your friend and your enemy. But you'll find the definition to pearl necklace on it.
0: Look that shit up. Anywho, (laughs) where were we?
1: (laughs) Raising money to get Kenny out of jail. Friends have spent... All of the money that they have raised. And so now they are in a panic. Oh, and then Sir Smokes a Lot's new track drops. Right. And it's all about MTV. (laughs) All about Mr. Nice Guy having the best weed. And so Samson, the original drug dealer, is pissed. 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 And he is a quintessential stereotypical pimp slash drug dealer it seems yes yeah. straight out his of hair and curlers <laughs> got a red cheetah robe. robe yeah
0: literally straight out of a black exploitation movie 100 exactly
1: yes has his legion of women soldiers i like that you sh- call
0: them that and not his hoes
1: no I love that. they could kick ass why would i call them his hoes <laughs> <laughs> Hoes can't kick ass too. Well, typically a hoe is submissive. If you're looking for a a definition. So
0: much learning going on today.
1: (laughs) A a hoe is submissive to a pimp.
0: And they weren't. They were ride or dies, 100%. Yes. They could
1: have turned on him at any moment. Never did. No. No. Well, they were on the payroll. Yeah. So Samson catches whiff. That Mr. Nice Guy is now selling to Sir Smokes-A-Lot and cutting into his profits. And so Samson says, girls, (laughs) mount up. I need you to bring these chuckleheads in and we need to give them a stern talking to. I thought you were going to scream, regulators! (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to, but my brain just didn't follow along that path of thinking. They are brought in for questioning and threats. Thurgood and his friends are told, I know you're making, it was like a crazy amount of money. $20,000, $30,000? Yeah. And you owe me half (laughs) or they're going to shoot you with a crossbow of all weapons. I don't know why they chose the crossbow. And the way Dave Chappelle screams when he sees the crossbow, (laughs) it's just as like, (laughs) Like it's so high pitched and so sudden, it's beautiful. So now they're in a panic because they don't have that kind of money. And so they break into the lab, very (laughs) ineffectively steal. They, okay, (laughs) let's
0: rewind. Let's not call this them actually stealing anything. They go into a, a, what could be a government facility. Not sure. Heavily guarded. There's cameras. They don't prepare for any of this. All we know is that at some point they're on the roof. They're running around like idiots. They don't try to run from the cameras. And the guys at the security are literally laughing at them. There's no way they thought it
1: through and uh, they got caught. They got and caught. They had paper shopping bags to <laughs> take all of these bricks of weed that they need. I, I, a pillowcase would have been more effective than those... <laughs> bags that we're going to break under the weight of all of that marijuana yeah. and then the
0: I guess it's the feds the you know take them in and really what they want to know is who is behind Mr. Nice Guys but really I don't think that they own up to being Mr. Nice Guys I think they just offer up Samson yeah they offer up Samson to take the fall and that he's behind everything so the feds want to catch samson and
1: because they they are fundraisers they are not drug
0: dealers
1: (laughs) so they're going to give the feds the real drug dealer that deals cocaine and hard drugs yeah did we miss when
0: mary jane found out that he actually did drugs and was selling drugs Was this before after? It has to be before because after they get Samson, then they're able to get their friend out. So at some point, Mary Jane finds out that your your boy Thurgood is a liar. And so... Because he has
1: his landline phone number as the phone number on the Mr. (laughs) Nice Guy flyer.
0: So she gets one of the business cards and realizes her boyfriend's out here selling drugs cuz he wasn't smart enough to put a different phone or i mean pagers were big back then why oh, not a defecated get a pager?
1: line yeah something i mean we've all seen the wire <laughs> <laughs> so she gets pissed breaks up with him then he he gets in trouble with the feds offers to be a snitch wired yeah he, he's going <laughs> to snitch on Samson. is wired up and they go in and the feds explicitly tell him you have to get him saying the name of the drug.
0: Yeah. You have to get him to sell you the drugs and he has to say what the drug is going to be. Yeah.
1: They go in and Samson has all these crazy names for the different types of <gasps> drugs. And they're like, so the cocaine? And he's like, oh yeah. Fine China. Yeah. Candy. Candy. <laughs>
0: I don't, and I don't remember the other ones, but those are definitely my favorites. Didn't you, in your research, say that Clarence Williams, the actor who played him, didn't want to be in the movie? He wanted to quit? Yes,
1: he quit halfway through. So they had to shoot the rest of his scenes all in one day. I guess Jim Brewer had thought he had wrapped for the day. <laughs> and so he went off and got high. He said it was the only scene he had to shoot while actually high was all of the, the Samson fighting scenes because he had Jeez. thought he had wrapped for the day and they called him back to shoot all of the Samson scenes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so the feds take Samson away. They make a deal with the feds so they can get their friend out of jail. Thank God Nasty Nate is free. Um, and then... Um, nasty
1: Nate is not free. Kenny is free of Nasty oh right sorry one of the other scenes I really like is where Kenny somehow has like an inmate of the month calendar (laughs) and it's nasty Nate's month and Kenny's literally like no no and he says naughty naughty jungle of love What is that?
0: (laughs) I don't know. Kenny's out. Kenny's free. And then, of course, Thurgood has to go get his lady, patch things up with Mary Jane, and he decides to stop smoking. And and she takes him back. I don't know why, but she takes him back, gives him another chance, and then he has to say goodbye one last time to a joint. And there's like a whole scene with that. I Just like... Wow okay and then the movie ends and the movie ends oh and before we completely end we have to talk about the director you and I were talking about this that now it's just so in our face about female directors or just being able to have the same opportunities and I totally didn't know that this movie was directed by a woman what's her name again?
1: Tamara Davis, she got started doing music videos. She was married to Mike D of the Beastie Boys. She did Billy Madison and my personal favorite, the Mbop video by Hanson. Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) Anyway, so yes, Tamara
1: Davis, female director in the late 90s, which there weren't too many around. We've had to fight and claw our way to the top. I do want to point out some of my favorite quotes from the movie because I feel like I didn't adequately get to do that. Abba Zabba, you're my only friend. I have that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do drugs, just weed. And then I think the only other one was, oh no, there's two more. The official Foley, when that lady's booby popped out of her outfit. That was Obviously, so those outfits. Were, <laughs> Those outfits were not made for fighting. Right. And then my my favorite of all time, it's near the beach. <laughs> what? That's not a quote. Yes, it is. <laughs> when he's pretending to be Jamaican and he's like, oh, uh, where are you? And he goes, it's near the beach.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was horrible at pretending to be Jamaican. And at that point, Serena looks at me and says, is he Jamaican? I was like, girl, no, it's problematic as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> He is not of Jamaican ancestry whatsoever.
1: Well, Uh, here we are at the end of
0: Half-Baked. So what did present day Jackie think of Half-Baked? What's your rating?
1: I didn't hate it. I think there were enough funny moments in it where it kept me entertained the whole way through. As problematic as some of the themes are in it with the homosexuality in, in prison and the horrible Jamaican accent and them not actually being in New York, but pretending it's New York.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Toronto is not New York, everybody. (laughs) Spotted that a mile away.
1: I enjoyed it. Five-day rental. Well, looks like this is our
0: first episode. We disagree. When we were younger, I definitely thought it was five-day rental status. Now I'm looking more at two-day rental. I was like, what the fuck? Is happening. I even wrote, a studio gave money for this?
1: <laughs> Not only did a studio give money for that, <laughs> apparently there is a half-baked two in the works. Great. It was announced July 1st, 2020. I don't know if there have been advancements since. <laughs> Dave Chappelle will have nothing to do with it, but it is supposed to follow the journeys of their Good Jenkins' son. Okay, so now that you told me that... <laughs>
0: change is nothing change is absolutely (laughs) nothing for me but I do want to say the only thing that I would have been I would have actually been excited about a half big two if Dave Chappelle would have had free reign to do what he really wanted to do probably in the first movie then yes I would have been completely down but now that's straight to uh video on demand to me that's what it sounds like (laughs) Sounds awful. It's not gonna be good. So
1: we won't be having a half bake two watch party. Hell no. <laughs> i see um, if Serena wants to watch it she me.
0: she left halfway through that movie. <laughs> so I am I'm gonna answer for her and say that's a no. Look for our listeners, if you've never seen half bake and you are a weed connoisseur or appreciative of the weed of the ganja then yes, you might want to partake in this movie while you're partaking in your festivities and whatnot. But if you are not high, <laughs> and you've never seen it, this movie may not be for you. I think for us, it's definitely what holds it together the nostalgia and that we uh, did see it at a younger age, but it uh, does not hold up with the things that we know are right or wrong now. So yes, just want to give you that warning.
1: Well, um, remember to follow us on social. If you love this movie, let us know. If you can't stand this movie, we want to know no more late fees on Instagram, Twitter. Facebook, TikTok. You can find our podcast. Well, obviously you found us once, but (laughs) you gotta find us again. Tell tell them tell the people what they need to know. (laughs) Anchor, Spotify. I don't know what the Googles is called. I think it's just Google
0: Podcasts.
1: Okay. Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found, hopefully (laughs) we'll be on there. And yeah, just let us know your favorite quotes. This movie is so quotable. I feel like there are a ton of really really funny things that are happening. If you've named your bong or pipe, let us know what those names are. If you've named your fiddle leaf fig, let us know what those (laughs) names are. And thank you for listening to the No More Light Peace podcast. Yeah. And have a happy 420. Weed out.